give the Lord a hand. Come on, Rock Church, what's up? Who's the man? How's everybody doing today? It is so good to be here. Today is our last weekend for our women's series. We've been doing focusing on women for the last three weeks. Next week, we're going to start a series uh, on men. And I'm going to be interviewing a former Navy SEAL about his experiences and lessons about being a Navy SEAL. So I want to challenge all you guys to come out. And then the week after that, we're going to have our men's conference and then another, uh, some Charger players here uh, on Saturday and Sunday as well. Amen? Amen. I want to welcome all our campuses, uh, City Heights, San Ysidro, uh, San Marcos, El Cajon, Donovan State Prison, and Juvenile Hall. Let's give all those people out there a big hand. God bless y'all. Let's all, let's all get on our knees real quick and pray for our service today. We have a special service for all of you. And as we've been every week focusing on women issues, I want to challenge all you guys in there that the Spirit of God is going to speak to you. Uh, but we have some ladies here today that are going to speak to us. Uh, but the Spirit of God is going to challenge all of us. Can I get an amen? Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for loving us and encouraging us. Thank you for the message that you're going to speak today through these ladies. And thank you in advance for how you're going to set somebody free today from the bondage that they're in. In Jesus' name, amen. As you get up, give someone a high five next to you real quick. So today we have something special for you today. We have all five campus pastor wives here today. And uh, Esley, who is head of our microsite ministries. Our microsites are little portable churches that are all around San Diego and one in Tijuana. Um, And so they're going to be interviewed by a friend of mine, Cynthia Garrett, who's a mother, a wife, president of Cindy Garrett Ministries. Uh, She hosts a talk show called London Sessions and another talk show on TBN called Mini Sessions. And so she's going to come out and interview uh, these women and uh, Cynthia is like my second sister. We call, well, actually, I have two sisters. So she's my third sister. Uh, she is just an awesome woman of God. So I want y'all, let's all stand up. Give all these ladies a big rock welcome as they come on out. Come on out, ladies. Let's do Let's cheer and cheer and cheer. Come on now. <laughs> have fun, have fun. You're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Yes. Oh, both, 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 both. Thank you, Pastor Miles. First of all, I, I, good morning, everyone. Hopefully, we're easing into this. Um, Good morning to all of the the campuses out there. I hope you guys are enjoying yourselves. I hope you're having a blessed Sunday. I just want to take five seconds to let you guys know something that you probably already know. You have an awesome man of God as your leader. So, yeah. So I just want to, if you could just throw hands over to him. God bless Pastor Miles. Thank you for being a leader who's not afraid to be transparent and take risks and love people where they are. We love you. In Jesus' name. So this morning, you guys, what the Lord really put on my heart was to really ground this conversation in a scripture that I use all the time in my TV programs or in my ministry, wherever I'm teaching or sharing. And you all probably know it. 
It is Romans 12.2, and I think we're going to get it up there on the monitor because this is just one of those ones that I think as we go through today and as you go through your life and as the Lord starts to speak to you today, you're going to realize how important this is. Are we going to, can we get it up on the monitor? Where is it? Oh, there it is. Okay. First time here. I'm still getting it all worked out. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How many of you know how important it is to let God change the way you think? And how many of you know that from the day we get here as little tiny screaming infants, the world jumps on with a way of thinking that is completely incorrect. And in a lot of ways, what's wrong is seen as right. What's right is called wrong. We know this. So just before we get in, you guys have some amazing pastor wives who are leaders on the various campuses of this church. And they're going to share a bit about themselves and how God really reached into their lives and has transformed and continues to transform their lives. But I guess by way of a quick background, just so you kind of know who I am, the, the, the reason my book is called prodigal daughter is because I really feel that we are all prodigal sons and daughters in various seasons of our lives. And there may be someone sitting in this audience today. I think that there is many of you who feel like a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter, someone who knows that there is some place called home, but hasn't quite found it. Well, today when we're all finished, I'm going to extend an invitation to you to find your way home. Because that's what this journey is about. It's about finding our way home to our real identity as a son and a daughter. Amen? So I say this really passionately because I have to tell you, God has brought me through a lot of stuff in my life. And to give you the two-minute nutshell, I was sexually abused as a little girl, raped as a teenager, survived cancer in my late 30s, early 40s, and, 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 and had a failed marriage and was a single mom for the first 14 years of my son's life. By the time I got on my knees and surrendered, trust me, there was much about my mind and the way that I thought that needed not only transformation, but complete and total deliverance. And some of you out there know what I'm talking about. And it doesn't matter what you're going through or what you went through or or what you may go through. It's all about letting God line your mind up with his will and his word and trusting him. So I'm going to, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to just get over here to these women because I know that they're each going to have a lot of stuff to share with you this morning about this subject. And I think I want to start down, <laughs> don't, Esley smile, like, I mean, this smile. I want to, Esley, I want to start over here with you, and I want, I want you to tell us a little bit, because I think it's important that everyone um, kind of meets you guys in a more personal way, maybe than they do every Sunday. So if you would introduce yourself, and what campus you pastor, and um, tell us a little bit about what God reached into your life and pulled you out of and the ways in which he had to change the way you think. Hi, my name is Esley <laughs> and I am the pastor for Microsites. And can I say a quick hello to uh, the Microsites that are out there? 
La Jolla, MCRP, Linda Lake. I have my cheat sheet over here. Coronado, Juvenile Halls, and one in Tijuana that we have going on over there. Um, hi, everybody. I love you guys. Um, well, I, I've always been in church. I grew up in a Christian church, um, and I've always been about my father's business. So it was, it's always been, I've always been around pastors, missionaries, worship leaders. It's not, it's, this is not new to me. But, um, you know, as I grew up, I started to, to think, okay, God, I am about to get married. I'm turning 20 pretty soon. And, you know, I kept going and going, and 25 hit, 28 hit, and I'm like, oh, God, um, so where's my husband? You know? <laughs> I mean, I've been praying for the poor guy since I'm 12, because my grandma told me. <laughs> so I, I thought, you know what, I, there's something going on. You know, God is either not listening to me, or I might not be the godly woman that he wouldn't trust me with one of his sons. So I decided to say, okay, God, I got this. I'm going to go my way. I'm going to go find myself a husband. Excuse me very much. Yeah, that was bad. Um, that was bad. I, I, it was not good at all. I lost my virginity when I was 28 to someone who I don't even talk to anymore. Um, I was so empty, so sad, and so alone. I mean, I had dates and dates and dates and nothing would ever stay. And so the Lord changed my heart in, 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 a, in a way where I'm, I came back to him with my tail between my legs. And I'm like, Papa, I'm sorry. Can we do this again? Can I, can I start from the beginning again and just, just do your work again? I don't care what you want me to do. I'll just do it. Um, and yeah, I don't have a husband yet. I'm still one of the single ladies. But... <laughs> But I, um, but I trust and I have hope that my, that my father listens to my prayers and, and that one day I'll be one of the married people here. <laughs> Thank you, Esley. You know, I, I, I find Esley's story to be, it, her testimony to be important because there's a lot of people who go through seasons of waiting you know, you're, you're maybe waiting for a spouse or you just may be waiting for other things to happen in your life. You may not be waiting for a spouse, but there are things as parents or things as people that we're waiting for careers, you know, jobs that haven't happened where you're waiting. And there's such a testing and a stretching and a changing of your mind that occurs in the waiting. You know, I, I mean, we all know the Israelites got stretched in the waiting, right? In the wilderness. And so I just, I love that because I think that God has so much to change about us in our waiting seasons of our life. Um, you know, Carissa, I found some of the things that you've gone through, that you went through in, on the road to marriage, having gotten married uh, pure, you know, and then going in and expecting things. How has God changed your mind? How's he really renewed your mind about a lot of things? Because I would think, well, your mind didn't need any renewing. <laughs> That is not correct. <laughs> um, just to give a little introduction, my name's Carissa. Uh, my husband is Jason Mayer. He is a campus pastor at San Marcos. Um, and we've been married for the last four years. And we have a little daughter who's a year and a half. And we are expecting another. So Ooh. there's a little bump here. Kind of being hidden. 
Uh, and for me, I did not grow up in a uh, church environment. I did not grow up with uh, parents that um, knew the Lord at all. And um, with my family, I dealt with multiple divorces. I dealt with um, a parent who had a drug addiction. Uh, and with that, there were two choices I could have made. And this was on my own without the Lord, although the Lord, if you saw my testimony, has been protecting me f- since day one. Um, but I made the decision, instead of being like my family, I decided that I was going to be everything the opposite. And so um, I was an achiever. I tried to do everything right. But with that came this self-righteousness and this need to be perfect to be different than my family. And uh, it wasn't until later in high school when I had this formula in my head that if I do everything right, then my life will be right. My life will be perfect. And that did not happen. I uh, found myself in just a horrible situation at school, uh, gossip and rumors and uh, issues still at home all the time. And I just found myself on my knees and I cried out to God for the first time. And I just said, if you're real, show yourself and you need to show up because I can't do this on my own anymore. And at that point, this self-righteousness, although it took time, it started to just come off of me. And I started to serve the Lord and to honor him with purity and honor him with my life. But it was for him and for his grace and for for his protection over my life is why I was doing it versus this uh, formula so that my life would be right. And my life didn't end up being perfect after that. Um, but it's his grace that has kept me going and gives me joy every day. Vanessa. Hi, everyone. Good morning. My name is Vanessa Gibson, and my husband, Travis, is the campus pastor at Rock Church San Isidro. (laughs) There's my fan club right here, my dad. (laughs) Hi, dad. Uh, We've been married for five years this June. And like Carissa, we're kind of on the same track. I, I have our, our husbands like to compete when it comes to babies. <laughs> we both have a one-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and I'm also expecting a baby boy due in 10 weeks. Uh, thank you. How, how, how would you... You have an, an amazing testimony in that you really walked away from things when you felt the call to change the way that you thought. And I, in getting to know you, I, I just, I really loved what you shared about just, you know, even people saying, I can't believe that, you know, the, the comment you made to me earlier, oh, I can't believe you're the pastor's wife. And it's like, that is such a testimony. It actually is a testimony, no matter what they think they're saying. It's such a beautiful statement, really. Yeah, definitely. I, too, like some of the, or like Chris, I didn't grow up in the church. I went on Sundays heard about God, actually, maybe not even the word Jesus used, um, growing up. And then at the age of 23 is when I gave um, my life to Christ, and I was very here at the Rock Church um, that I did that. But, you know, I looked to my sister, and I saw her life. She was walking with the Lord 10 years prior, and I saw her 
And I go, seemed like she had no drama, but the truth is that she did have things going on. It's just that her hope was in Christ, not in what her friends thought. And I was like, there's something different about my sister, and whatever that is, I want. And so that's what drew me to Christ. And it was during my time here that I began serving, um, now leading in ministry, met my future husband. Um, But also during that time... um, while I was being saved, I used to um, dance and kind of what is this what you're talking about for a professional football team um, back when they were the San Diego Chargers. Um, I used to perform for them and I did it for two years and it was during that time um, that I also got saved. So while I was pursuing my dream of dancing, God had me also walking towards him. And as I was dancing, which is something that I enjoyed doing, performing, you know, he called me um, into leading more ministry, and he kept speaking to me and showing me areas in which I was compromising myself um, with what I was doing. And although I loved what I was doing, and I remember telling Cynthia, I was sharing Jesus with the girls. I gave presentations. I invited them to church. God, I want to do this. I'm sharing all about Jesus And instead, he was like, but I have a different plan for you. I'm calling you out of here. And in my mind, I'm thinking, but no, God, I'm teaching them about Jesus. Who else is going to do this? Um, But he called me out of it. And he called me because even though I may have loved doing this, he had a greater purpose for me. He had a greater plan for me. And now I can walk in that calling. But, you know, as Cynthia said, you know, something recently was told to me. Uh, I'm just so surprised that you're a campus pastor's wife. Like, I can't believe. And I didn't know if I should say thank you. Like, <laughs> is that a compliment? Or, But I remember thinking to myself, you're right. You know, I can't believe that I'm now serving with my husband, sharing about Jesus, walking with him. And it was only through Christ, right, who strengthened me, that I could do this, that I can walk in light with him. Um, and so that's what I'm going to continue to do And when... You know, they want to speak lies. I'm going to renew my mind, make it new again, just like you talk about, and um, keep walking with him. See, I just, I really believe that our testimonies of what he's done in our lives and how he's changed the way that we think are so important to share. And it's so important. Each one of you has a story, right? Each one of you has a story. It's important for you to understand that your story is not finished, you know, they're, they're, your story's not done. You're just, you're, you, some of you are just beginning your story. Some of you are in the middle of a story. Some of you are at the end of one beginning a new one. You're always in process with the Lord. And so it's so important to really hear, I think, anybody who stands on a podium in front of you share, hey, God had to change my mind in the way that I think in a lot of ways and continues to do so daily. And I know that there are people out there listening right now and who will really be touched by hearing how these women have actually, you can look, you can look at us and know it was the changing of the way that we think and thought that has equipped us to sit here today and stand with you and how you think and how, how, how you're living your life. Didi. Micah's wife, Pastor Micah's wife. I'm going to let you do your shout out to your campus because it's awesome. (laughs) Well, yes, I'm Dee Dee Whitley, um, Pastor Micah's wife from Rock Church City Heights. (laughs) And uh, 
We've been married for 15 years and have four children, ages 8, 9, 10, and 11. And I am a joyful mother of children. Yeah. <laughs> and see, now that, this, this topic in particular to me, this scripture in particular to me resonated so deeply because when you say I am a joyful mother of children, you shared with me how the enemy would try to actually tell you you're not a joyful mother of children. And you guys need to understand that the lies of the enemy work like this. Usually the area where you're called to live with the most victory is the area where the enemy tells you you're incapable. You're, you're not smart enough. You're not beautiful enough. You're, you don't have the money. You don't have the resources. You don't have the connections. Those are lies that you need to combat because those are the things that work against the transformation of your mind. So I really want to hear you share a bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I homeschool my children and, you know, that was a, a decision to basically put a pause on pursuing my career so that I can pour into my kids because they're the number one disciples that I have. And, um, you know, we are saved. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter two, that we're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works. At least we should boast. And so I want to give that to my children. And so I feel like, um, you know, that's a way I can do it on a daily basis. Well, for a few years, I would hear this thought in my mind, I hate kids. <laughs> and of course, when they're, you know, getting on my nerves or whatever. And I have to, like the Bible says, take the thought captive. Mm. That is not true. I love my children. I love kids in general, but I really love my children. And so I began to speak uh, in Psalm 113. It says, you can be a joyful mother of children. So I began to say, Make that my slogan, my personal declaration that I am a joyful mother of children and combat the lies of the enemy. It's, it's the most powerful thing that you can do. I mean, it's the most powerful takeaway. If you were to walk out of here today, I would challenge you to start to take scriptures like that, write them down. There was a season in my life where I had, my mind was so conditioned to thinking the wrong way about myself you know, and about my life and, and riddled with self-esteem, right? That I would put post-its of scripture all over my house and I would walk through my home every day and I would just say them out loud. Yes, because it, it has to be an active part of your life to yeah. declare God's truth, to hide the word in your heart. And so putting up post-it notes, constantly having scriptures on your phone or your Bible with you so that you can use your sword, it's how you transform your mind. It's how you partner with God in the transformation of your mind. And I know that there are those of you sitting out here today who know that you are listening to lies about your identity. They're not true. You are a son. You are a daughter. And you've got to dive into this and partner with him. Yeah, and just a little background about me. My parents were divorced when I was eight years old, and it was really heartbreaking. And... Through between eight and 10 years old, the Lord revealed himself to me as father. Mm. And he has fathered me all these years. And I know my identity as his daughter 
is the foundation for everything else in my life. Amen. I love you, Dee Dee. <laughs> you just inspire me. Thank you. You are a joyful mother. I've watched you with your kids. It's amazing. Hi, I'm Nova Page, and uh, my husband is Ricky. He's the campus pastor over at East County. And uh, we have two kids, a 16-year-old boy named Elisha, not Elijah, because I want him to have the double portion. Yes, read that story. <laughs> and, uh, and then I have a little girl who's my miracle baby, and she is four years old. Her name is Shiloh Joy Lila Page, and she will tell you. Um, she's peaceful and abundant and that's what her name means. And, uh, you know, my husband and I've been married for 21 years and, uh, we got married really young. Actually we did kind of did. I saw I was 21. I'm actually 43 and I say I'm 43 and free. Hallelujah. 43 and bold and free finally. But I grew up, I grew up on a turkey farm. You should know that. It's not important, uh, but I'm kind of a turkey. Uh, I grew up uh, on, a, on a farm just in the middle of nowhere. I grew up going to church, and we had this family that we went to church, and we did that, but Jesus wasn't necessarily a part of, like, transforming our family, and in my little mind at five years old, I gave my, my life to Jesus, and I would be like, I'm going to church, and I'd see people be all mean to each other, and I was like, you know what? In my little five-year-old mind, I was like, this does not feel like that's what Jesus does. And so in my, in my young mind, I was already going, this has to compute somehow. Like, this is not a ticket to heaven. This is Jesus changing me, uh, even at that five-year-old little girl transforming me. And I, I received a lot of lies from the enemy. My name is Nova Joy. And the enemy tried to... Uh, tell me I was depressed a lot of my life and tell me that I wasn't worth it and I was, oh, no good. And, oh, see, there you go. I'm going to cry. What in the world? I'm that girl. I'll just be that girl. But, uh, <laughs> Lord, help me. Can I just confess to you uh, that when my husband and I got married, he was a youth pastor and I was like, surely, Jesus, he's going to get over it and we can go get real jobs. Like, I was not feeling being a pastor's wife. I was like, I don't think so. Yeah, and here I stand today. But uh, the, the truth about that is, as I, the enemy told me, you're not a leader. You're not, you should be quiet. You know, when God gave me a voice to sing as a little two-and-a-half-year-old, my first song was I Am a Promise. That was my very first song, and I sang it at a family gathering. The enemy tried to tell me, you're stupid, you're ugly, you're not enough. You can't even sing, you can't speak. And so I, I was riddled with fear. And it it wasn't until much later when I actually understood that God loved me and I didn't need to perform for him. I could just receive that love. That's when I began to combat the lies of the enemy and that I knew that I'm a cherished daughter of the king and he loved me and he had a purpose and a plan for my life. Amen. Amen. It is, it's powerful, you know, I because sometimes I'll start thinking about what God has changed about the way I used to think. And it does make you, it does make you cry because you realize, you know, and I know a lot of you get this. It's like you can spend your whole life hating yourself. You can spend your whole life thinking you're just not enough. And that is the biggest lie. And, you know, you need to understand that, see, since Satan doesn't have permission to kill us, he basically just goes about making us take ourselves out of the game of our life. Right. 
Each and every one of you has something powerful to do in your home, in your work environment, in your community, and in the world that we live in. And the best that the enemy can do is get you to put yourself on the bench when you're supposed to be the starting point guard in your situation. I like basketball. My son played basketball. Everything's going to, you know, but it's true. You understand? So Tracy... I know that you get a lot about this and you guys know Tracy, but I'm going to let her introduce herself because she's your own right here at Point Loma. <laughs> Hi, good morning, Rock family. <laughs> Thank you. Aww. Thanks. I am Pastor Marcus Preciado's wife and we have been married just shy of 18 years in July. Um, we have four children, 16, about to be 15, 13 and 9. And um, my journey as a Christian started here under Pastor Miles when I was 26 years old at Horizon Christian Fellowship at an evening service. And prior to that, I was raised in a non-Christian, single-parent household, just a mom, no dad. Um, I didn't really know my dad. I had seen him so few times from the time they were officially separated and divorced. Um, and my mom forbid it after my age was about six. Um, I sought him out at the age of 18, and he wasn't ready. He didn't want to answer the shame, the guilt, and everything else that comes along with being an adult who made that choice, and now you're faced with someone asking you questions. He didn't want it. So there was abandonment, rejection. My mom raised me till the time I was, gosh, she left when I was 22. She just peaced out and said, I've had enough. I've had enough of all my family, you included. It's been 24 years. So you package all that up. And within those years, there was drug addiction, marijuana started it, alcoholism in my home, multiple marriages, homosexual relationships within my home. And here I sit before you as a pastor's wife. Does that sound like the resume of a pastor's wife to you? (laughs) I was like, Lord, what are you doing? But here's the beauty. There is no resume. It's about imperfect people coming to a place where Pastor Miles said so well at Kairos moment where you choose. I chose, and God began to unpack what all those years meant, Um, not feeling loved, not knowing anyone that would truly stick by me and not leave. That was a challenge. All the strength that I had accumulated over the years to walk through life like that, if I held on to it, my marriage would have failed. So suddenly I have to unpack and face and understand that My heavenly father will never leave me or forsake me. And I absolutely love this verse. When I stumbled onto it, it sums it up for me. If I can get there, I'm sorry, you guys. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Psalm 2710. And when I received that from my heart to my heavenly father is when my healing and transformation of my mind my heart, my ability to continue to love others deeply and be a healthy, whole person began. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. It's so easy to 
hold on to the lies instead of let God change your mind about how you think. And I know that, you know, what ends up happening, I think, for a lot of people is that as the Lord begins to change your mind and the way that you think, you start to not recognize yourself. Did any of you have that moment where you kind of went, whoa, wait a minute? Because I know I did. There, there, I, I know I hit that crossroad, and some of you may be there where you just go, okay, I've, I've, I'm diving into this thing called relationship with Jesus Christ. But now I really don't know what my life in front of me is going to look like, and I know and that I don't want to go back to what was behind me. So you feel like you're in this wilderness. But, but, but that's the time to just really stand strong. Anybody kind of get that, that, that sort of, whoa, what does my life look like now? I I think it it hit me because I had been working for the Lord since I was a little girl that I always thought that there was a reward in heaven that I was looking for. And I always thought it was, you know, a husband or a good job. I always had that was my goal. So I always knew that if I did the right things, I would get the right things, you know, But it wasn't until it hit me when I was broken and alone and felt dirty and that I realized that it's not that, but it is him, Christ himself. And for me being being able to say, you know what, it doesn't matter what happens in my life. It doesn't matter what, 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 if I have a, a husband, if I don't have a husband, if, you know, it doesn't matter because what matters is that I am here for a reason. You know, we are called to, to go make disciples, not only Christians. We go out and make disciples to go and spread the word of God, you know, like Matthew says. And, and, and that's the whole reason. And when once your, cha- your mind changes to the, all right, it doesn't matter what happens in my life. As long as I can get someone with me to heaven, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. And it, it, it wasn't until then that I was truly able to say, you know what? It doesn't matter because where I have after this is going to be way worth it. Amen. Amen. You know, as, as we start to move it in, in, to, into the home stretch, the, the part of this, this scripture, this address, I love it. Esley called it an address lately. You know, there's a lot of great things that the Bible says, and they live at a certain address. Well, the address at Romans 12 too, you know, the part of that scripture that we often don't really read, which really impacted me so strongly this morning, says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so kind of as we get ready to close this morning, I just have to ask you a question. Who wants to know what God's will is for their life? I mean, seriously, is it who by a show of hands wants to know what God's will is for their life? Right. And, and, and so if you allow yourself to not be conformed to the patterns of this world, and you know what a lot of those patterns are. A lot of you right now know what those patterns are. You can, you can do everything to excess. It's all good. I, you know, you can pick and choose whatever you want to do, be, say, how you want to act. The patterns of this world that, that, that we're being told, hey, let's not conform to those, are patterns that leave you with less than. You do not get across the finish line of your life in the way that you want to when you live according to the patterns of this world. Now, the lie is, of course, that those patterns look so great and they look so appealing. But 
I think for all of us sitting in here today, the reason why we're all here is because we made a decision or want to make a decision to let God change the way we think. And so it's why we come to church on Sundays. It's why we get ourselves into fellowship, you know? So I just, I just want it to kind of, you know, in beginning to end, really, we all want to know what God's will is. And the best way to do that is to allow him to continue to change our minds daily. We do that in the word. You know, one of the greatest things that I think that Christians, one of the greatest mistakes Christians make today is that, you know, you don't read the word enough. The word is where you find the way that your mind is supposed to think. So if all of you right now would just kind of take a minute and close your eyes, just close your eyes and and bow your heads because we all have acknowledged just together a few minutes ago on every campus, all over every sanctuary, that we all want to know what God's pleasing and perfect will is. Well, he tells us then to not conform ourselves to the patterns of this world, but to be continually transformed by the renewing of our minds. So there's a lot of you out there today who are listening, who are in process like all of us. And you know that the way that you think and the way that your mind has been operating And the things that you've been focused on are not, they're not in line with anything that's making your life more successful. You know that the way that you think is getting you into problems in your marriage. You know that the way that you think is getting you into problems in your relationships. It's getting in, getting you into trouble at work. You know that the way that you think is causing you to snap on your kids and to take things out on your family at home, the people you love the most, you know that you need to allow God to transform your mind. So as every head is bowed and all your eyes are closed, whether you want to make a commitment to go to really allow God to change your mind today, and I encourage you to do that. But there are some of you here today who want to make a commitment to step into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is the first step toward allowing the Lord to transform your mind. And you need to know right now that as your mind changes, your life changes, your relationships change, everything changes. And each and every one of us sitting here today in front of you, all seven of us would tell you that our lives changed for the better because we allowed ourselves to no longer be conformed to the patterns of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So if you're out there, I want you to bow your head, keep your heads bowed, close your eyes, and we're going to say a prayer. Father God, I'm a sinner. Just repeat after me if you want to know Jesus. Father God, I am a sinner. My mind has not been thinking correctly. I am saying and doing things that I know are messing up my life. And they're messing up the lives of those around me who love me. So today I ask you to forgive me. I believe, Jesus, that you are my Savior. That you died for my sin. I believe that on the third day you rose again from the dead. And I make a decision right now today because of your grace and your mercy and your love for me to live for you. 
I ask you to be Lord of my life. And I ask you to change the way I think. In Jesus' name.